You are now tuned in to Walk It Off with your hosts, Drew, right here. You can see me. And Dave. Right, right there. there. You're right there. And you Dave. See him. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get over the novelty. I, every one of these shows is going to be like, can you believe you can see us? We are actually We've been doing radio for so long. <laughs> it's, it's unfathomable still. Uh, so much so that I forgot how ridiculous it would look to wear a hat that I would normally wear into the radio studio where nobody can see me onto the, onto the airwaves for my, uh, my Nashville radio show. And I'm ca- I gotta be honest, Drew, I'm a little, I'm a little embarrassed, even though I really love this hat. Uh, one of us came correct. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, gosh, when you win, you earn the respect, right? And so, see, I can't even trash talk. Uh, our Memphis Grizzlies in real life, much I can't even pretend. So, uh, so I guess we don't have to ask where your loyalties were at the game last night. It's an interesting topic. Um, I, I got some razzing from my brother who I went to the game with for, you know, like, Hey, should we be sitting on the other side of the arena? You know, things like that, because I kept talking up just how great I, this Grizz team is in terms of potential and fun to watch. And I mean, they're not a bad team, but we've, we've talked about that. Are they, at the level of greatness right now. I don't think we could say that. They're just, they're a, a great team to have in Tennessee right now. And John Morant is one of my favorite players in the NBA. Um, frankly, as much as I love Devin Booker, which I really do love Devin Booker, but you know, a lot of that's because he's in, he's in Phoenix. He's on my hometown, always will be number one team. And he's been a good role model, a good fan favorite, a good leader for that team. But if I weren't there, and if I was just in a vacuum, I honestly think I would be a John Morant fan over a Devin Booker fan. I love his game. I love watching him more. Uh, not by a large margin, because Devin is really exciting. But John's just so fun. And I also love a really graceful and productive big guy. Like, f- number five in Jonas Valanciunas, who is... Just this whole year become one of my favorite kind of breakout players to watch. And um, so I I was pretty much uh, singing those praises the entire time. But with that said, I I will admit it. I'm not afraid to admit it. I think we all have our our gray areas, our contradictions, our weirdness when it comes to sports loyalty. And we have to choose. You always have to have a ultimate team. Um, unless you're one of those weirdos who I will on record always say is a weirdo and I don't respect or appreciate or condone your opinion. If, uh, if oh. you're, if you're a fan fo- or a, a player follower, right. I'm a little hyperbolic there, but like, I can't wrap my head around that. You know, I like wherever LeBron is, that's my favorite team. That doesn't make sense to me. So unless you know him personally, th- th- that's totally fair. That, that really, really is fair. Like, uh, you know, a player has to deal with that, right? If you grow up in one area as a big fan, then you're drafted by another team. You got to go that way, and so does your family, etc. So you're right that that is a, a definite way to do it. But uh, those are that's a small group of people for sure. Now I'm with you there, man. Again, both of us we moved to Tennessee as adults. You know, you left again, but. I've been in Tennessee now almost 15 years. Plenty of time to get more than, att- than attached to our local teams. Absolutely. And 
feel totally good about that. Yeah. But again, I, I'll tell anybody else. I'll root for the, the Preds. I'll root for the Grizz. Uh, 100% legit. Throwing my fan-vested interest behind them. Unless they're playing my childhood teams, the teams I grew up with. My Mets or Islanders. Yeah. That's what you, it's what you have to do. And I, what I've found this is one of the reasons that I struggle with the Super Bowl sometimes each year. Is if you don't have a, a, a cat in the fight, I don't know, whatever the right term is. There's some, probably so many weird southern phrases that I'm forgetting now, too. But uh, You haven't skinned some cats in a bag that are fighting? <laughs> yeah, which I do. Uh, uh, and one of them's wearing a Suns hat and one of them wearing a Grizz hat. Uh, they, if you don't have it, it's just not as fun. You need to be rude. And, all right, I, I can't ascribe this to other people. I need to be rooting for somebody. I, I need to say... That's where gambling comes in, buddy. Uh, Spice up any game and you're serious <laughs> rooting interest in it. Oh, that's such a great point. I mean, fantasy football, too. That's, that has, that's given me that opportunity to really care about NFL games. I wasn't a camp out on Sunday night kind of guy or Sunday kind of guy. I would follow the NFL. I'd watch my team and that's it. But now I have interest certainly in red zone. You know, and seeing all of those things. So, great point. Look, we've talked about this before, but, I mean, going back to childhood, I've thrown a Super Bowl party every year up until this current year. Disaster. But when people show up, I demand that they bring money to put down on a Super Bowl box. I don't care if you're there for the commercials. I don't care if you're just there for the food. That's great. Come by, have a good time. We'll have a blast. But put some money in, buy yourself a box, and all of a sudden you find yourself really caring about what goes on in the game. Yeah, rooting for a safety. Who roots for a safety? But it just makes it so much more fun when you've got some little vested interest. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I really enjoyed I don't I can't recall if we talked about this on the show because we were we were off around Super Bowl, but I enjoyed the prop bets we did too. Like finding some other random things to to put some money on. Uh to give you some attention throughout the game, too. And having to hunt down the color of Gatorade because the broadcast <laughs> cut away early, and that was the tiebreaker? I know. Oh, my gosh. That was painful. And, like, I, f- I don't know if that's ever happened. Like, I feel like I see the Gatorade every time. But it not this time. It, fun. it did. It, it was, was a big deal. There were articles about when they cut away, and all the prop bettors were like, yeah. the hell color was the Gatorade? It took took some legit online sleuthing to figure that out. Uh, so thank you to the the online investigative world to for tracking that down and solving it for all us prop betters. One of these days, I'm going to do some real research into that. I want to know how the Gatorade color gets picked. Is it randomly assigned at each game? Hmm. Does Gatorade pick the sideline? The equipment manager is just like, oh, I got a whole bunch of fruit punch here. We're doing that today. That's or a is it a point. preference? Do they take a poll of the players? Uh, you got 50% for grape, 30% for blue, whatever flavor blue is. 10% I, it's, it's lunch, ice. 10% orange. It's ice flavored. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, oh man, this is such a great road to go down that we did not plan today. A guy and who I plays love seniority. I'd love that. A team captain just pulls seniority. Like, hey, look, I know you guys are into all those weird flavors and everything, but I'm all about fierce grape. Yeah. And are there such things as like the Arnold Palmers of Gatorade or a suicide, you know, uh, of all the different flavors? I mean, Who's to say they can't do these things? And this this opens That's up. That's definitely a push on the prop bet. There's no there's no doubt about that. 
Uh, well, unless we identify odds. And this is the big question. Can't First off, can we? Well, actually, first off, how is it decided? Second, can we? And then it inevitably opens up the third question, which is kind of scary to think of all the money that rides, especially in Vegas, on prop bets. That's not governed information. <laughs> like, if you, know, if you know that the water boy is making that decision, and that's your BFF, you got an inside track, dude. And... That's, uh, I mean, I don't know. That just rang with me that that's kind of scary that you can sway it that way. Like the rumor that we heard this year when there was the streaker on the field at the Super Bowl, that he had placed a huge bet on there being a streaker on the field at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. That was totally worth the jail time. <laughs> it, yeah, that's right. He made money on that. That's insane. Ah, it just but that's gets it. Further and further. So yeah, that's what we were talking about this week, right? It was Super Bowl prop bets. <laughs> that was number one on the agenda, I think. Oh, oh man, it. it's always good getting in here and talking to you, buddy. Especially looser, you know, when we're not on air, when we don't have specific things to talk about, True. we just get into that uh, that sports bar banter. Absolutely. We got our beers. We got what we're talking about. Uh, we're recording Tuesday night, so tomorrow's St. Patrick's Day. So, get to my Guinness right here, uh, and I'm... I will be speaking the rest of the show in a terrible, terrible brogue. I'm drinking me wine. Uh, I it's it's Tuesday night. That's a classy night in my household, Drew. Um, Obviously. Other big question on that topic: Are you making your Irish soda bread? And and one B: Are you mailing it to Phoenix? One <laughs> A: Absolutely. Famous family recipe from from my Irish uncle. I miss it, man. Real deal soda bread. That that Not is the stuff you get in stores. That is delicious bread. I mean. It's funny how, frankly, I don't think about it much during the year. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, it's almost uh, St. Patrick's Day. And then I get this like mouth watering <laughs> for like, oh, my God, I want your soda bread so bad. Be doing corned beef and cabbage, whole nine yards. Have some fun. Even if we're not going out like usual this year, we can still have fun with it. I love it. I love it. That's the way to do it, man. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a baker. This is one time a year. The Irish soda bread recipe, got to do it. I'm a yeah. griller myself as far as food preferences. I know you're an excellent chef. We've had some of your recipes featured on our social media every now and then. I, uh, I, I've I've kind of cooled on it since coming out here, and I need to get back in. I, I haven't. I used to I used to love uh, even grilling vegetables was something I got into for a while. So I, I eat mostly vegetarian uh, now. So fish. Which you would have been yeah, lovely yeah. enough to, to, to grill for me on your big green egg. or um, uh, One of my favorites, like I always, I miss it. It was, I think it was Super Bowl, man. It's just one of my favorite memories hanging out with you is when you were, when you were making a mimic of the, um, of the Italian burger at, uh, <laughs> um, at, uh, at the burger joint that I'm blanking on now. Uh, yeah, Gabby's Burgers. At Gabby's, thank you. Favorite yeah. right here in Nashville. Yeah, the one that's a mix of Italian sausage and, and hamburger meat, right? Or something like that. February special. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tried to do it at home. It's good, but it's not as good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I know we're bouncing all over, man. But on that topic, uh, first off, I miss Gabby's very much. But I, I we haven't really talked about Rotiers and where you stand on that one. But it was really sad when I heard that that closed down because that was one of my – original favorite burgers in Nashville was that French bread burger that happened there. And what a cool atmosphere and a great spot, especially when we, you go down on Elliston place and you weren't far from that. Uh, 
it's it's sad to see a place like that close. If we did their burger rankings, Rotiers was my number two in town. Understandable. I would have been quite there with you. Uh, they're unique places like like Gabby's and Rotiers because all the burger places that moved in, although they have decent burgers, are you know these craft burger places. And I'll never knock any place like that because it starts getting into like the craft beer realm and things like that. And th- there's art behind it. And there's people trying to do cool stuff sometimes, but there's just something about you just switch the bread out, man, and make it really good. I don't know. Might want to be paying attention next month. We hear a rumor that another burger place that we may or may not have mentioned already will be doing a tribute to Rotier's Burgers. That's and, uh, some secret insider info there for everyone listening in here. That's wonderful. And I wonder if you'll... That I might not be able to share. So, hey, we didn't say anything. It's speculative. <laughs> and I will say there is, there has been another uh, tribute that I've seen out there. Um, uh, the chef from Taste, formerly Taste, who opened Sloco down on 12th, uh, 12th Avenue. Um, that turned into Mill, at Mill Creek Brewing. And then there... Oh, wait, you're talking the bracket, aren't you? Uh, did he do a bracket? No, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Is there, is there a burger bracket? Is that what you're talking about? No, you did a bracket of... Um... Man, now I'm losing my train of thought for interrupting yours. It's karma. Ah, take that. Uh, you just make yeah, me feel better about my brain. Of, of closed down Nashville restaurants that people oh, miss. I think that and... was it, yeah. Uh, and it's it's Jeremy Barlow is his name now that I'm remembering it. And he's doing a insert chef here kind of roundabout there. Uh, where he's cooking stuff, and then other chefs can come in for pop-ups in the former Sloco space. Uh, Voting is going to be open for a little while, and then the the final eight, love it, are supposedly getting pop-ups of some of their signature recipes, or at least his take on their signature recipes. So that is super cool, and what a great way to keep the culinary tradition in Nashville alive. Uh, that's what Rotier's closing really symbolizes. Unfortunately, is that. Even though there's great culinary things that have moved in, and we've certainly dug real deep into that, like Nashville, like Southern cooking roots, that it's kind of created its own vibe there, uh, in its own type of food outside of the staple hot chicken. There's there's something beyond that that has existed in Nashville, well beyond there, that is kind of disappearing, and uh, so it's it's good to see somebody keeping some of that alive. And it's fun to have the conversations. Like we've, I've already talked to a few uh, Nashville locals or people who've been here longer than I have even that are just really getting into this, seeing some of the names and uh, maybe even not recognizing a few of the names. You know, I know I've been to less than half of the places on there, I think, but uh, definitely right. a good chunk of the bracket. I did see that bracket now. That's right. And like uh, Sunset Grill was on there. I think that was a number one seed now that I'm remembering. <laughs> Got well, to buy. Were they okay? Well, <laughs> you say it random, but Taste got a number one seed too and a buy. So hmm. that's true. But so did Hog Heaven, which is another one I miss. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a fun one to peruse. Yeah, I think I knew recognized maybe a third to half, maybe or maybe maybe even crested that of the names on there. There were definitely some I wasn't familiar with. Yeah, and then it was sad seeing ones that you know we not only went to but went to a lot. <laughs> Like your, you know, your Gold Rush or your Gold South Rush, Street. Yeah, yeah. Get some, get some uh, bean rolls. Is that what they were at Gold Rush? Yeah, and more importantly, gets shots between sets of bands that at the end or exit in. That was, that was such a cool space there, man. I was going through uh, 
old photos from when you and I used to be down there a lot more too, seeing some pictures from outside of, of the end and yeah, that whole, that whole area. I'm glad that those venues have stayed alive thus far. Uh, you used to run a so. music blog that would take photos that shows at those venues. <laughs> That's true for the uh, uh, E True Hollywood story of Walk It Off. That is uh, that's how Drew, you and I met. Man, was doing the uh, doing the music stuff while you were doing Loud Love on WRVU, and we were doing Cinezine and uh, and getting getting the music scene together. And and one of the great things that we've talked about lately on our show, but not as much as we probably could and should, honestly, is the connection between sports and music and how those things have really intertwined for a lot of individuals and a lot of cultural phenomena and uh, a lot of history. And certainly we're living examples of that. That's funny too. While you, I mean, I guess while we're here, this is basically behind the scenes backstage talk. <laughs> so yeah, that was originally supposed to be a much bigger part of walk it off episodes was we have all the we have curated all these sports songs and music by athletes and a whole lot of things that were going to basically be partial part of shows and the halftime show sort of evolved from what was going to be just sports related songs to what it is now which is kind of a a goofy thing that that catches on to one of the points that we're talking about yeah. reinforces that and I feel like that's been something really fun that developed completely organically over the years of doing this radio show. True. Is that, yeah, the halftime song became something that people will, will wait for. Be like, okay, what's it going to be this week? And it's been fun for us coming up with with songs that match a theme, however loosely. <laughs> however loosely, yeah. Or yeah. just, uh, you know, if I, I'm selected and you don't know what it's going to be in advance, I'm like, I, I hope Dave's laughing right now as you hear those first couple notes go in. It's one I of my favorite expected parts. Lady Gaga this week. <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts, and I I miss collaborating on it more with you because we used to do that a lot more. When we could get together in person before the shows, and then I bailed, uh, moved out to Phoenix. But but it, it has been fun the the getting caught off guard by the by the the song that you picked. You picked some real gems. Uh, it's it's a great part of uh, of our show. It's and I'm glad we've held on to it because. It's so easy for us to not do a halftime show and just talk for that entire hour. We cover yeah, that we so have, quickly. We don't need to kill the time. No, we us. definitely don't. We but definitely we do don't. need a break. Yeah. <laughs> That's sometimes nice. Again, behind the scenes, let us get a drink of water or something because, you know, you're doing a talk show. The mics are on the whole time. That's true. And especially with COVID, there's no one else in that studio. So got to handle everything back there. The soundboard, the checks, um you know, we're our own producers, we're our own show writers, yep. and we don't know where the show's going to go when we come in every week, and we obviously don't know where it's going to go when we get together like this, because <laughs> this was supposed to be our uh, NCAA bracket talk. <laughs> and and we always uncover gems. It's it's what we do, and that's, that's what's fun about the sports bar banner. I won't go down there again, because that's what, what our last show uh, turned into, but I mean, that's why we put this together, was so that we can go talk about whatever the heck we want, man. But hey, we glossed over it. I really did want to get into this while we got you here. Um, you went to the Suns-Grizzlies game last night in Phoenix, which didn't end up going so well for the Grizz, but it was a fun, competitive game. And I got to ask you, me personally, and hopefully our listeners out there, I'm super, I haven't been to an NBA game since the restart, since they started letting some fans back in the stadiums. 
I'd love to know what that experience was like. How how weird was it? Uh, it's a great question. It was simultaneously weird and not. Uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it better. It wasn't like any surreal thing. So I, I wouldn't expect to go in and be like, what is this new world we're in? I mean, obviously it's weird to be in there with less people. Uh, but frankly, outside of sitting in your seat and like noticing how light it is out there, uh, which also, frankly, is kind of like going to a general baseball game during the week. You know what I mean? So it's not like something we haven't experienced. Uh, so that's a little weird. But I loved walking around the concourse and not having to deal with a ton of people, frankly. I mean, that's just my my personality. Uh, and also maybe my slash probably a lot of people's new found um aversion to being near people so i know like you know we've been to shows a lot where it's fun to be cramped in and tight with people i don't mind that especially when i'm part of the the home team and like you're around all your fans and you know like you said high-fiving people and it's a lot of fun Uh, it's part of the thing it is but there was definitely a comfort you know what i mean and just easier to navigate so that's that's a positive that that rang with me uh they did a great job i thought of manufacturing sound and making it feel like uh like things were really happening there now okay that's good that's an important thing i'd want to really ask because it seemed like in the bubble in the playoffs last season it was fantastic job with that stuff yeah making the broadcast for tv but during the regular season they don't have nearly as many bells and whistles and honestly the tv broadcast is a little worse for it yeah, I was very curious to see how the in-arena entertainment or atmosphere stayed around. Well, a caveat to that is the last many NBA games that I've gone to have been Phoenix Suns games. And so those weren't the most raucous experiences prior to this year, uh, just to be honest. So, like, they were – I remember when I came back to Phoenix going to some of these games and being like, this is pitiful. Because right? this was the team with the worst winning percentage over the last decade where – top low bottom four and there just wasn't a great enthusiasm so their bar wasn't set very high recently I, I just I just have to be honest about that but it you could feel fans energy uh you could and it didn't feel like there was a gap in the sound but I guarantee you even though I didn't feel it something was missing if that would have been a really close game and you know we were you know, yelling for defense and cheering for every stop, it probably would have felt a lot different. Um, Another thing that kept us afloat, just specifically in my situation, was we had a lot of space around us, which is really good. They didn't let the seats go down, which was kind of weird, which I appreciate because our first inclination, I was there with a group of four, my brother, sister-in-law, my girlfriend, and our inclination was like, well, there's nobody around us. We can move (laughs) one seat down, (laughs) you know, because that's what you do. And, uh, we those seats don't even sit down. They don't even go down. So you can't do that. Uh, but two rows behind us, uh, there's nobody else around. There was a group of family with a couple of young kids, and they were just so energized. I mean, defense, defense, screaming yes. for everything, going wild, having Love a great it. time. And so that makes up for a lot of it, frankly, because you feel like your own little pod, like everybody's doing it right there and having a good time. So... If it would have been, I mean, if it would have been a blowout game in reverse, uh, or 
I didn't have that there. I, I might have felt that difference a little bit more. Yeah, that's good to know. Uh, the first game that I went to since since COVID was Nashville SC when they reopened that here at Nissan Stadium. And yeah, it was that same thing. It was just, it was so bizarre entering the stadium to me. Yeah, that was No security different. line, no line in the concessions, you know, just nobody gathered on the concourse. And then you go to your seat and yeah, the, you sit in your assigned seat and the others are, were all zip tied closed. So you couldn't sit in the other seats. And you had someone come through occasionally just wiping down all the handrails and kind of keeping an eye on, I don't think they have any enforcement power, but trying to make sure people were wearing their masks when they weren't eating or drinking. Yeah, you And could, it was a weird vibe, but you could hear the players on the field. That was the big thing, too. Yeah, that's something I was actually looking forward to. I remember you mentioning that, and I was looking forward to maybe be able to pick that up. Um, I was in one of Not my... big game. You got some squeaky shoes. Yeah, too many squeaky <laughs> shoes, and we weren't that close either. It... Uh, it is my favorite spot on if you're looking for like affordable tickets that I, I love being second tier front front row like that's Absolutely. golden to me so we totally found, agree we found some great spots right there and but far enough away to where we didn't really have the chance and it was still really loud uh, in the in the in the arena just with the audio and like you said squeaky floors and whatever else so uh, that that uh, that really didn't happen but. The concourse was weird. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. It was, uh, first off, there, it, there's just, I mean, we know it. There's a lot of people who are rogue. I mean, six feet apart didn't really exist there. They weren't really enforcing that. Uh, but it was weird coming in. It was not empty like your experience. They actually had everybody like huddled outside in their little groups. Not like in assigned oh. spots, but everybody was huddled in their groups because they had to get on the app first and do a, a fan commitment form, which was essentially saying, you know, reading all the rules, acknowledging that you have, and saying that you're going to live by that while you're in this game, which it has, like you said, no weight, but it's a good acknowledgement. So it was really weird. You walk up before you even get in the arena and everybody's potted out there and you got to go through that. And then you go in and then it was, it was pretty easy uh, after that. Um, and with the exception of probably my biggest gripe was we were on the second concourse and they only had two concessions open, understandable, right? And to limit that, but all they had was a hot dog and or or popcorn or nachos. And the nachos are pitiful. And uh, I, you're at a professional level game. That's there's, that doesn't fly anymore. There isn't. And at least, <laughs> and, and no regional yeah. stuff. Now, on the first floor concourse, they had a few more. So we had to trek down there to do that. But No Sonora dogs? There, there was, they have a son's dog there. And I don't remember what that, but I think I think there was a Sonora dog down uh, on the first floor too. So um, it opened up a little bit there, but it was still like that was a major limitation also, was just the availability of those things. Which, sorry to keep, going on all these things but it it uh the, i think one of the more important things about this game too is they just remodeled this arena they just redid the whole thing robert sarver held that over phoenix suns fans heads and and made the illusion they were going to move until uh the the motion was passed and of course now he's got a bunch of money to do that uh, which goes back to our conversations on owners being horrible <laughs> even if uh they have the best winning percentage since uh the restart they uh 
they have this brand new beautiful bar in there and it's all redone and they have a great little bar that goes all the way up to the edge uh, the concourse does so you can go watch the game kind of like what we've experienced in right field at the uh, at the band box at um, former first Tennessee uh, you know the the sound stadium first horizon currently first horizon thank you so we'll be good to our sponsors locally (laughs) uh, absolutely they uh, that was kind of a a deflation too because I was really excited about that and there just wasn't it wasn't as cool as it could have been but the game yeah. was fun. Game was but great. overall, the, the game experience was still there. You know, you're, you're happy you're going instead of be, yeah. sitting there like, I could get the same thing from my couch. There, there's no doubt about it. Now, you got to compare sports too, right? Like football, I don't know if football would have been that way. Football is so optimized now for watching from your, uh, from your couch. Basketball is oh, great. Still have a lot of fun to go live. It's true. It's true. But it's so spaced out too. I mean, obviously, baseball or basketball and hockey are more intimate. So I'm speculating that they may be a little bit more ideal for that. But you, your your summary is right, man. It was it was worthwhile. It was really good. It was a lot of fun to watch those two competitive teams. And uh, I'm going to go to another game on Thursday. So I'm going to go. So you felt safe. Too. I did. I, I were, the plan's working. Yes. At least where they're doing it. Maybe not Texas. <laughs> yeah, maybe not Texas. But still. And it was great to see our Memphis Grizzlies, man. Really, really great to see them live. Uh, really lucky that they that I was able to make it to a game here to see them because they're so much fun. I know. I was I was sending you texts while you were at the game. I was like, man, did you just see that John Morant dunk? It's Air Morant, and you're there in person right now seeing it. Well, check out our our Instagram, because I've got a great shot of John Morant dunking. And by that, I mean it's horrible. But I was able to, like, actually get it from my horrible seats. He was on the opposite end of the court. but Which is so damn satisfying, though, when you can catch a a cool moment. It is. While you're there live at the game. So, yeah, that's that's a picture that's not from a wire service or anything. Real live, taken by non-photographers. <laughs> Clearly. So, at, at Walk It Off Radio on your Instagram, on your Twitter, if you're not following yet. You know, do us a solid and get caught up on all the free agency news. That's obviously our big thing this week. That's going to be our big story on Sunday, re, you know, unless anything else crazy happens. You never know. It's always open. But, yeah, when we're back on the WXNA airwaves on Sunday, uh, we'll be talking about the Titans remaking their defense pretty much and a couple of real surprise moves that happened today but it's been fascinating and yeah we've been there on twitter and on instagram at walk it off radio uh keeping you up on that and we'll have so much more to say and break it down on sunday because look we're already a half hour into this today and we could probably do our full hour easily on just the free agent moves no doubt that we've seen in the first two days of free agency now and we'll have more We'll know a lot more. There's still a lot of talent out there. The top of the wide receiver market hasn't really moved yet. Although the Patriots signed just about everybody, it seemed like. Boy, have they been. I mean, clearly they're taking it. They're taking the the, the headline here. But you, like you said, a lot can change over the next couple of days. That's just two days of free agency. And clearly the Pats wanted to get going. But there's some other idle people and some other opportunities, idle teams and other opportunities that – uh, I think we'll change the landscape by the time we talk again on Sunday. And the Titans have some holes they didn't have going into free agency. So it's going to be real interesting to see where it goes from here. 
as of now, I've got to say, I kind of like where it's going. I see the process, at least. There's some surprises, some things you don't like, but you see where it's going as far as continuing and possibly, hopefully, raising an already playoff-caliber team. Yeah. Yep. Like you say, you can buy into the vision, and it does what is ultimately the most important thing for this week, but not the most important thing in the long run is giving us hope and excitement about what's to come. And I don't think those those dreams have been dashed. I think that you can find a reason and a very legitimate one to feel good about this team going into next season so far. And again, the offseason itself, the draft. The draft. And even this week's free agent frenzy for the opening of free agency is not even close to over yet. It won't even be official. There won't be any official signings until tomorrow. This is just the the appetizer buffet, but it's been pretty wild so far. And again, on Friday, we got the start of March Madness, the tournament. Not the Nashville restaurants that don't exist anymore tournament. Which Not the whatever else we were talking about earlier in the show as a bracket. Almost as exciting. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, it's a lot of fun. You fill out your brackets yet? You, got, you feel pretty good about it? I mean, kind of. So I'll be honest with you. I filled it out today with the exception of the play-in games. Uh, and then, uh, you know, here's here's David turning Take a in. stand. Pick the play out, play-in games already. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go all in on me looking like an old person who doesn't understand technology, which I'm not normally like that. I was filling out the bracket. I was on ESPN. I couldn't figure out where the play-in games were on there. So, like, I just had gaps in my bracket. I was like, <laughs> well, I'll just leave it here uh, until the games are over and then I can fill them in, I imagine. So uh, a lot of ignorance there, a lot of amateurish type of uh, speculation. And then Man, I, you can't tell them that we're the experts. This, well, we are we're, we're, we're professional sports. Uh, the, uh, we're the experts on how the games are played, man. But I'll tell you what, the, the reason that I always focus on professional sports is because my brain can't compute the volume of players in the, the, variables in college sports, especially college basketball. It is one of my favorite sports to watch. March Madness, as we've said, is arguably the best playoff and the best part of sports all year. I mean, that's debatable, but it's very, very close to being up there. And so I'll never argue with that. But the apps, I, I have to do all my studying game by game going through as to, as to what we're doing. It's not, not in my brain. And so I did some of that today. And then I had to restart. Pro sports talk show. That's disclaimer. True. That that's the disclaimer. Hold but me to a lower again, standard, please. It, it's us. Uh, I'm going to win most of my workplace office brackets. That's true. That's true. That's true. We, got, we definitely have a leg up, no matter what we say. We do. We we know a little bit more than we ever lead on. But yeah, man. Uh, the the weird things I see about this one is just looking over this bracket real quick, like. There's two whole quadrants that it's real hard to pick anything but chalk on. There's no I, doubt I love about my that. upsets as much as everybody, but there's only a few. Again, this is such a bizarre year, and as always, anything can happen. There's always a team that surprises and crashes and becomes a new Cinderella. We've got a couple of the former Cinderellas, in it again right now, you know, Loyola Marymount's an eight seed now. They're legit. They made it. Sister Jean's going to be in the bubble. We saw that. That's exciting. 
You going to bet against that? Th- those are some of the questions. Like you said, defending champions uh, as uh, uh, at Virginia as a, oh my gosh, were they a number four seed? Why did I just lose them? Yeah, they're number four. Um, they're number four seed. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong wrong part of the bracket. So, uh, and and then you know, even if you're looking into the uh, the Midwest, you know, Illinois is taking number one, but but Houston's nothing to sneeze at, man. And so I know two is is chalk all the way through until the uh, until the final four. But they, I mean, they, they have a legitimate chance of coming out there too, as does San Diego State. Um, uh, coming out, I mean, even upsetting West Virginia coming through. I think on my bracket, I've got them making it beyond uh, beyond that round. I could see one of the teams in the play play-in game making a run for basically basically the first time since we've had the play-in games. The winner of that UCLA Michigan State playoff play-in game, two blue blood programs that were kind of hard times this year. Whichever one of them wins that game has BYU, which isn't super intimidating in the first round as a six seed. And then they'll go against what, I mean, I definitely think is the weakest of the three seeds in Texas if they advance to that spot. So that's already a fairly good path to the Sweet 16 for an 11 seed that just that had to play a play-in game. And, of course, that probably mean they'll get wiped out by BYU in the first round since I said it. But that's one of the interesting things I'm looking at. Uh, I'm looking at Syracuse as an 11 seed. Again, some of these real blue blood programs that you know both know what it takes and have what it takes to make a little bit of a run in the tournament after down seasons ranked to that low could be real interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think that extends to the coaching too. Like you were talking about um, – about – the coach in Michigan, uh, golly, um, what, one of the Fab Five, uh, whose name I'm, I'm blanking Juwan on. Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard, thank you very much. Making his mark out there and there. Uh, Absolutely. You know, it, that kind of blue blood, I think, brings a whole new level here. I mean, Patrick Ewing in Georgetown. Um, you know, in Georgetown, I, I think, you know, as a 12 seed, it can be really scary right there. They put some really good right. things together this year, and – as hot as they are right now, it's hard to pick against them. You know, as good as Colorado was this year, that you never know. You win the biggest tournament. Georgetown's yeah. to be reckoned with. There's no doubt, and like that's the kind of thing that you know I always go with experience with the coach. You know, there's there's certainly some value in the in the uh, the culture of the institution, um, but you know I think honestly that has less value. Then it doesn't like the NFL, right? Because that you build that and you build players up through that for a long time. It, it's really the coach that is the torchbearer there and the indicator. Because one of these teams could totally disappear if they let get another coach in there. Now it's their coaching culture that allows that to keep going, where they can find somebody off the coaching bench to bring up or find the right person to bring back in who was part of the, the culture or played or whatever it is, but. It's not the actual name or the institution that carries that weight. It's the it's the coach that has done it, and whoever may be carrying that torch after that and doing it well. Uh, it's but that's what I think. Where I think some of these former blue bloods like Jawan Howard and like Patrick Ewing have the opportunity to do that for these teams that really aren't in, uh, you know, aren't those top tier. Well, I guess Michigan is right now, but major top tier programs as much as they were of yore. 
Does that mean you're picking Iona and Rick Pitino over Alabama? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't. It, but, you know, there's an argument to be made there. When you go in and you turn them around just like you did, uh, um, uh, oh, man. The guy who, who coached in Louisville before then went to Western Kentucky. Um, uh, I'm blanking on his name, too, but... You know, he was kind of a disgraced coach and had a really good track record. Everywhere he goes, he would go down a level. That's every college coach. I know. There's so many of them. But uh, uh, Bobby Petrino, I think, was that his name? Um, he would uh, he'd go down a level, and then he'd raise that team right back up and then do something dumb and go down a level and raise that team right back up. And those, those, those coaches really have the opportunity to do that. So, no, I'm not picking Iona over Alabama, but – it crossed my mind. <laughs> and we're talking about this in a year that Coach K and Duke, John Calipari and Kentucky aren't even in the tournament. Yep. Yeah, that still seems weird to say it, but and it is. Michigan State, again, is in the play-in game. They might not even make the round to 64 with that tough game against UCLA before the actual start of the tournament. Yeah, it's nice to see Tennessee in there, though. Um, and, you know, if, if we have you know, any local team that we usually get a chance to, uh, to root for in here, at least frequently over the last few years, it's been, it's been Tennessee. And, uh, you know, I think no they Vandy have, this year, no Vandy this year. No, um, uh, they, uh, no MTSU. We've seen them the last, uh, a few years back, I think a couple of times in there, get a stab well, at one it. Of the biggest upsets of the tournament when they beat Duke as a number 15 seed. That's right. Just a couple of years back. We, we definitely, we definitely, uh, uh, Belmont, uh, we definitely have put together some underdogs here. But um, uh, even Lipscomb made it in a while back, as, as far as I recall. But but Tennessee's got a real chance here, man. I mean, over Oregon State uh, and then, you know, potentially, uh, you know, over Oklahoma State. I think, honestly, as much as, you know, you were talking about how good Oklahoma State's been uh, last week or on Sunday, uh, Liberty is a team that has... You know, I, I haven't watched them play, but they have been dominating fast, their, their opponents. They've been good. putting up money. They've been putting up points. Um, you know, th- this is a team that I really think has a chance to upset that number four, which would still give Tennessee a run for their money. But I mean, that puts Tennessee in the Sweet Sixteen. Tennessee, of course, dealing with the loss of their center right now, though, to that that dirty elbow. In the SEC yeah. tournament, so I'm not sure if we have a timeline yet. If we know if he'll be back anytime soon, hopefully as soon as possible. But I think we're looking at missing at least the first game or two of the tournament. So yeah, that that top ranked defense of Tennessee, you know, they, that's been their calling card all season long, and they're going to have to get through with that. But they're a team that that could be could be real tough. They really yeah, could. Oklahoma State and Liberty are both explosive offense type of teams. So if you get a lockdown defense like UT has been this year, you can change the game on them. That's always a fun matchup too. And that's what you look forward to in this is, again, you know, you have a dog in the fight because, oh, that's the analogy. Uh, You have a dog (laughs) in the fight, not a cat in the bag. And it's not the size of that dog. No, it is not. It's the bark in the bite. Uh, But it uh it, these you do have a dog in the fight if you filled out a bracket which is why it's so critical to fill out a bracket but the loyalty isn't there so 
you crave those kinds of matchups. Like I love it when those good teams meet in the second round. Uh, the round of 32, when you get two, like just the perfect matchup. Either it's a good rivalry, a good rematch, or uh, a, a, just a, a good on paper battle. I mean, that's what that's what the first couple days are made for. Do you have a an NCAA basketball team that you root for? I don't know if we've ever talked about that. Again, we're pro sports guys for the most part. Eesh. But are you ASU, Arizona? Uh, well, I know where you went, which was uh, Naughty America's <laughs> University. Their basketball yeah, team. I, I appreciate you, you buying know, buying your exactly subscription to pay for my uh, for, to pay for my tuition. Uh, <laughs> they. Um, I do Basketball's root... not their primary focus. No, although when I went there and I was working for the newspaper, they did uh, make it to, they did win the, the Big Sky Conference regular season, which was a rarity, and had the, ch- the opportunity to host the Big Sky co- uh, tournament. And that was a blast. I didn't wind up winning it. Of course, at that time, Montana kept running away with it. And um, so I always choose a Big Sky uh, representative if they're in there because I think it's fun and I like seeing Montana, Montana State, um, others, uh, whoever's in that conference now, um, fight for it. But you raise a good point. Uh, I, U of A was always a fun team. I always loved them. I love Lute Olson. Uh, you know, a lot, knew a lot of people that went down there, a lot of people that um, hung around him. I was lucky enough to play against play against Channing Fry in high school. Uh, he, he was coached by my varsity basketball coach's dad at one of the elite high schools here. You know, so there's like a lot more connection there. Um, so I, it's probably U of A by a hair, but I, I usually one of them has a leg up and more of an opportunity, and I'll root for the one that does. Yeah, we'll see if U of A gets the death penalty on their program. Oof. It's been talked about lately. And yeah, it's the same way for me. You know, my, my alma mater, both the universities I went to, they'll occasionally sneak into the tournament as a 15 or 16 seed. But I don't really hold much um, loyalty towards those basketball programs. You know, I was a baseball guy playing then, and they weren't the most exciting things. They didn't really have that much sway on campus. I, I, I don't hold that loyalty to them. That's where I paid a whole lot of money to get a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a my team rooting for. I was always a Big East fan. That was the conference again, the same way you talked about. So you can know you can see the way people do SEC here. Yeah. Big East basketball was definitely a thing that mattered. You know, the tournament at Madison Square Garden every single for year. Sure. And uh, the team I've rooted for all the time was St. John's, a university that I didn't attend, but I did know people who did and was nearby where I grew up. Uh, it's Chris so, Mullen there right now, right? Uh, he's been gone a few years Hasn't now. Hasn't he gone a few years now? Man. <laughs> yep. But Jeez. he was. He's the legend who used yeah, to play there. That's right. And the Johnnies uh, were real competitive. They were up on the bubble in a, what was supposed to be a rebuilding season. So fun team to watch. You know, I've always just liked Big East basketball. Something about the the teams that concentrate on that and don't have football to really carry their programs. That is fun to see. That's a great Makes point. It nice. And and so it was good to see the Big East return after its uh, breakup. Yeah. I like seeing and that too. St. John's to get into the national eye a little bit again. I like that. Well, you just gave me a reason to root for them a little bit more, too. Uh, I don't even know where exactly they are, but I've got a weird allegiance to St. Bonaventure, too, because I know they're in New York, right? But I'm pretty sure they are. Or at least they're northeast. 
They're um, northeast somewhere. I'm not yeah. even sure where St. Bonaventure is. But uh, I remember being get some at, angry emails from Bonnie's fans. I know. Uh, Allegheny, uh, New York. So they, uh, I, I, I was at Riverfront Tavern. If you remember Riverfront, uh, right on First and uh, just just north of Broadway. Um, I'm blanking on the street, uh, but Church, I guess, right? Uh, and very close to to the river there. Used to go there all the time. I take imagine that. I know, I know, I know. Very aptly named. <laughs> so it's like the river's here, and it's like near it. Uh, <laughs> some might say in front of it. Uh, some some might. But uh, it was a great bar I used to go to when I first moved to Nashville. Uh, one of the places I reminisced about uh, a lot because it was not directly in the path, but right around the corner of where uh, where that bomb exploded and where I spent most of my time in that area. I certainly had gone up and down second a ton, but that was a camp for me. Uh, but I remember taking a day off to watch the first round and sitting next to a couple uh, a couple women from St. Bonaventure who uh, were in town and they were big fans, just took the day off to root for the Bonnies. And, uh, and, it, and so ever since, they were just awesome people. So ever since then, I'm like, St. Bonaventure, never heard of you, but I'm rooting for you. Exactly, man. Why we love sports, yep. like you were talking about. Stories like that. Absolutely. Bring some people together. Have some fun while you're at it. Yep, and then you have a, a dog in the fight at that point, which is which is really cool. So. All right, so before we get off of this, we did talk about how chalky it seems. I know Gonzaga's the heavy favorite right now. If there's a team that's not a one or two seed... That you had to pick to win the tournament. I want to put you on the spot. Give me one name that's not a one or two seed that you think has a chance at winning the tournament this year. And that's tough with this tournament with a lot of strong one and two seeds for sure. That is. But to your point, I mean, look at look at 8-9, North Carolina, Wisconsin. Talk about blue bloods there. And teams you feel like could go, could go on a run. Uh, golly. Um, I really... I'm looking at at teams like, uh, as much as I say Colorado could be upset, I mean, I think they're in there. Villanova, you can never take out. And Purdue, like you said, is pretty Without good. But Connor Gillespie. Uh, that's true. I, 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 think, I think I'm going to go with Texas Tech, as, which is a sixth seed. And, you know, they're they, – they, they got a history of runs recently. They certainly, they certainly do, man. That's a team that could do it any time and – uh, they've got, uh, they've got, you know, the opportunity to make it happen. It's the best I got there, but, uh, you know, they're outscoring opponents by 10 points. That's always, uh, <laughs> that's always a, a good sign. And, uh, you know, putting up 63 points a game. There's uh, some statistics right. for you, but it's, it's there all shot go. in the dark. I told you, I told you it's a shot in the dark for me. Uh, but I do look at those a lot. I look at, the, their their uh, their differentials, their point differentials, um, to see how dominant they've been, uh, and then certainly their if they have their top twenty five record, that does help because that gives you some experience. But you know if they've been running the table and they've been dominating a lot, uh, it makes me feel like they have. Of course, then I take a look at their conference, uh, and so you think of a team that's that might play some some decent teams that they've got an opportunity to at least upset a couple of rounds. But potentially go on a run, and uh, you know it's all it's all making stuff up in my head. But uh, I'm going with Texas Tech there as a as a as an option. 
All right. You got to do it. You got to have some fun with it, too. And yeah. with being able to pick brackets online, fill out as many as you want, you got to go for something outside the outside the obvious. Just in case it happens, you can show it to your friends and brag about it. That's true. That's exactly but, uh, right, which it never happens for me. But maybe, I'll take Florida State as a team outside those one and two seeds that I could actually see winning it all. I think they were one of the best teams in the country last year before the shutdown. It's true. And with their, even with a little bit of struggles recently, including the tournament, too many turnovers. But that's something that seems fixable. And you could have a team that could possibly be up there with the dominant ones again. And, yeah, plus I see them in that Eastern Conference, which Michigan was my original pick to win the tournament. But with the uncertainty over Isaiah Livers' return, I think that's a huge blow to that team. So they look a little bit more vulnerable. Alabama and Texas are both very strong teams at the two and three seeds, but I feel like they're probably the weaker of the two and three seeds in this tournament. So, yeah, why not go with Florida State as one of your outside the Chuck picks? Why not, man? I think that I think it's a, a great choice. Although I will say, I think UNC Greensboro is going to give them a run. That's one of the matchups I'm looking forward to in the in the first round. And they might run into a red-hot 12-seed Georgetown in the next round. Who knows? It, it, that's why it'll be fun to revisit this with you once we know how that first round shakes out. Hey, we'll be on the air Sunday night. Can't wait, man. Check it out, WXNAFM.org. Stream us live anytime we're on the air Sunday nights from wherever you are. Or just go into the archives there and play the show whenever you want to on your own time. Or if you're watching this, you already know. Walkitoffradio.com. We got you covered. Heck yeah. We're everywhere now, man. We're everywhere. And if there's more things you want to see, different things you want to see, we're open to it. We, uh, we want to meet you where you are. So let us know your, be- your favorite way to talk about sports. And we're, we're all open ears. Hit us up. That's social media. At Walk It Off Radio. And uh, as always, if you got more to say, send us an email. Radio at gmail.com. We make it easy. One thing to remember. <laughs> That's it. We're everywhere. Yeah, even even when you're in Arizona, and I'm still here in Nashville, so. The miracles of technology, man. We have been making it work for almost two years now doing this, which is insane. Uh, and there's no reason that, that that's going to change. We're just getting better and better at what we're doing and, and extending our, our tentacles. So a lot more cool <laughs> stuff to come. Oh, extend that reach. We'll, uh, we'll learn the internet one day, people. <laughs> it's all tubes, man. Tubes and we'll wires. Get there. Buy some Bitcoin. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right, buddy. It's been good talking to you as always. Same here, man. Let you go. Uh, Have a good St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, and to you. Uh, We're raising a green beer to you, my friend. Uh, You got it. I'm going to try to find some good tofurkey corned beef, and I'll report back, all right? Definitely lots of cabbage. This is where we cannot agree. But you can make a mean vegetable hash, all right? There you go, my man. I'm in. Just boil the piss out of it. I hope everybody else, everybody listening, everybody out there does have a really good and safe, uh, in multiple ways, uh, um, uh, St. Patrick's Day. It's uh, it's a cool holiday and uh, one to, one that we're gonna miss celebrating the way we normally do. But maybe I'll maybe I'll send some pictures to you, Drew, of some uh, Irish soda bread if I so get the uh, mm. inclination just to try to replicate what you do. Nice, I like it. Cool. Give it your best shot. I'll uh, I'll do the same. All right, you know, it's a deal, my man. And we'll be there Sunday. 
Can't wait. As always, for Walk It Off on WXNA, live, 101.5 FM here in Nashville, and WXNAFM.org, streaming worldwide. We'll With see. more in-depth sports talk that won't get as sidetracked yeah, as and we it w- do here. And we, we've covered more territory now that we've had this other show in there. So we'll, uh, we'll see you on the airwaves. Fun stuff. Be safe out there. Take care of each other.